everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. I was in the seventh grade, and I found myself in our four-story tall church building. See, Dad's a pastor, and I was waiting for our Sunday night worship service to begin. So I'm up there just hanging out, a couple of girls, one or two guys, and I'm looking down, and I'm watching people walk down the sidewalk to church. Four stories up, I'm looking down. I'm in the seventh grade. I can't resist it just looking at people, so I begin to spit (laughs) at people. Now, I've got decent hand-eye coordination, so I figured out if I spit one crack in the sidewalk in front of them, the spit would hit them perfectly every time. It was hilarious. I mean, I almost got a hernia laughing at people because people would just walk to church, boom, and they wouldn't even know it. They were like, they would just keep on walking. And I did that for a while, and we were laughing, and then I thought, okay, okay, okay. I'm going to take it to the next level. So there was a trash can in this little Sunday school room. I went to an old school water fountain, filled the trash can full of ice cold water. And I said to myself, man, I am going to drench the next person I see. And the girls were like, don't do it. You get in trouble. Don't. You can hurt someone. I'm thinking to myself, I'm not going to throw the trash can four stories, just the water. It'll be funny, you know? Let's have some fun. So I see this guy way down the street walking to church. He was decked out, kind of an older man, head in the air, looked very pious and self-righteous, carrying this giant Bible under his arm. And I said, this is my target. (laughs) So when he got one crack away, I aimed the crack where I've been spitting on people, and I threw the water. Have you ever seen that much water cascade four stories down? It kind of goes here and there with the wind. It hit him perfectly. It just drenched him. And, and he looked up, and I sort of felt like Lee Harvey Oswald. I was back so he couldn't see me in the windows. And I thought to myself, man, we were laughing so hard. I mean, we were dying like, I thought to myself, man, I've got to get out of here. I've got to get out. I'm not going to take the elevator, so I'll just take the stairs. So I'm running down the stairs, and I hear someone sloshing up the stairs. Obviously, it's the guy I've drenched. He's come to find out who the perpetrator was, and I pass him. And he goes, do you know who drenched me? Someone threw water all over me and ruined my suit. He had a bow tie on. It was just wilted. His hair was straight. It was was just hilarious. And and I said, "Uh, sir, I have no idea. No clue. (laughs) So I make my way down, and I ease into the church service, and I'm sitting there early. The organ, you know, it's old school Baptist. And I'm like, I can't believe I did that. That was hilarious. (laughs) Well, someone tapped me on the shoulder. I look back, 
And they said, Ed, your father wants to see you in his office right now. Now, let me tell you something about my father. Dad doesn't see anybody before he preaches. His famous line is, don't knock on my door unless the whole church is burning down and the flames are coming up underneath my office door. Don't disturb me. I'm saying to myself, oh no. Oh no. Those girls told on me. Those kids told on me that I drenched this guy. I walked into dad's office. He said, son, sit down. He said, did you drench, and he called the guy's name, did you throw water on him, son? I said, yes, sir, I did. Then dad looked at me, and what he said was so ironic. He said, thank you. Congratulations. You could not have drenched a better person. This guy has been a pain in my side ever since I've been pastor. He's negative, he's critical, he doesn't give. I don't like him, I'm glad you drenched him. I hope he leaves the church. Good job, son. <laughs> and I left the office. I've never forgotten that. What was going on there? I drenched a hypocrite. This guy was a walking, talking charade. This guy was wearing a mask. He was a hypocrite. I drenched a hypocrite. But as I have thought about the story, really, a hypocrite drenched another hypocrite, which was totally and completely hypocritical. Okay, let's say it. At the count of three, I'm a big hypocrite. You ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? One, two, three. I'm a big hypocrite. Everybody technically is a hypocrite. So when you call someone a hypocrite, you're a hypocrite calling a hypocrite hypocritical. It's like a basketball player. We've been watching a lot of basketball lately, you know. The Elite Eight, Final Four, National Champions, college basketball, it's pure. Well, what if a basketball player was bringing the ball up court and he looked at another basketball player he was playing against, and what if he said, hey, you're a basketball player. You would have a basketball player calling a basketball player a basketball player. You'd be like, that's strange. Well, whenever I call you a hypocrite, it's a hypocrite calling a hypocrite a hypocrite. And I don't know about you, but I have enough stuff in my own life that I need to worry about as opposed to pointing my finger at you. Because when I point my finger at you and call you a hypocrite, I've got three pointing back. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But Ed, I don't like to go to church because the church is full of hypocrites. No, we're not. There's always room for one more. 
That's as ridiculous as me saying, and I brought my Gold's Gym card today on my keys. That's as ridiculous as me saying, you know, I was at Gold's Gym a couple of days ago working out, which I was, and I saw a couple of people in Gold's Gym who obviously were out of shape. Those hypocrites. I'm never going back to Gold's Gym. In fact, I'm never working out again because I saw some hypocrites, some people who are out of shape at Gold's Gym. So you're telling me you're gonna let a hypocrite keep you from God? You're gonna let a hypocrite stand in the way between you and God? The hypocrite because he's standing between you and God, is at least closer to God than you are. We have to understand, God is our standard, not man. That's why Jesus said, don't point at the speck of sawdust in your brother's or sister's eye because you've got a sequoia tree, an East Texas pine tree in your own eye. And really, the reason you're pointing out the sawdust in your friend's eye is because you don't like the log in your own eye, and you're probably pointing out that stuff in someone else's life that you're struggling with in your own life. Is this message for you? Is this message for me? Well, let me ask you a couple of questions. Have you ever been on your way to church? Maybe you're leaving your apartment complex, your neighborhood, your dorm, and you've seen someone who obviously is not going to church. They're working out, maybe they're going to Gold's Gym. They're doing some yard work. They're just kicking back, sipping strong coffee. And you've said to yourself as you're leaving, for Fellowship Church, you said to yourself, you know, I'm just a little bit better than they are. Have you ever, I'm just saying, have you ever been at the grocery and you've seen all those tabloids, those, those magazines advertising the shenanigans of the actors and actresses of the cultural elite or maybe of some professional athlete or coach? And have you ever said to yourself, wow, I'm just a little bit better than that reality television star. I'm just a little bit better than that athlete. If you ever said that, Jesus wants to say something to you and to me today. Have you ever driven by a prison and said to yourself, I'm just a little bit better? than they are. Have you ever watched the first 48 or maybe Scared Straight or whatever and said to yourself, I'm just a little bit better than that person. Have you ever seen someone or known someone who was really immoral, who sleeps in the wrong bed, who is maybe an adulterer or a fornicator? Have you ever, ever said to yourself, you know, I'm just, I'm just a little bit better than they are? If you've ever said that, Jesus has something to say to you. I think we would all say, I've been guilty trying to impress God by what I've thought 
and what I've said, because we've all, whether we admit it or not, said those things and thought those things. Jesus is going to tell us something. Jesus, in no uncertain terms, is going to tell us today, don't drench the hypocrite. That's what he's saying. Don't drench the hypocrite. Because he's going to tell us a story, a funny story. Jesus used Hebrew humor all the time. Like the text I just mentioned to you. You're walking around with a tree in your eye. That's hilarious. And you're pointing out a speck in someone else's eye. What? That's funny. That's funny. Well, in this one, he starts off like a great comedian. In Luke chapter 18, he's talking to a bunch of people like you and me who struggle with trying to impress people, trying to impress God, who struggle with being a hypocrite, which means I'm wearing a mask. It comes from the stage. It comes from being an actor or an actress. And technically, again, we're all hypocrites. Jesus is talking to some hypocrites, and he goes, hey, have you heard the one? Have you heard the one about the Pharisee and the tax collector? Two antagonists, two people who are totally opposite. And I'm sure his audience leaned in. They were like, oh, man, this is cool. You're going you're gonna to tell me a story, a joke, Jesus, about the Pharisee and the tax man. This will be hilarious. Well, Dad's response to me drenching the hypocrite was ironic. And Christ's response in this story is totally ironic as well. You think he's going to say one thing, but he says another. So let's join Jesus as he told this, this story, this, this joke. Let's see if he has a word to say to you and me. Luke chapter 18, the gospel of Luke, Dr. Luke, Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 10. Luke was a physician, one of the disciples. Then Jesus told this story this joke, you could say, to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. I'm just a little bit better than they are. He said two men went to the temple to pray. You could say to fellowship church to pray. You could say this. One was a Pharisee, an actor. A Pharisee was someone who was a moral and spiritual leader of the day. There were 6,000 of them. They weren't all bad, but some of these jokers, they, they had added 600 laws to God's law. And the laws were whack, like, oh, the fringe on your robe has to be a certain length. Oh, when you fast, don't just fast, but wear makeup so people will know you're wallowing in martyrdom. It's so tough, and it's such an arduous process to, to fast. They would wash their hands in certain ways, fingers pointing up, water being poured, fingers pointing down, water being poured, and doing their fists like this, doing their fists like that, and then, and then they, would, they, would, they would get ready to, to eat. Crazy stuff. A lot of the guys started out with good intentions, but everything got sideways. Here's a key phrase about the Pharisees. Take your keys out just, just, just a little bit. Just, just take your keys out. Here's a key phrase. Are you ready for this? It's going on the side screens right now. 
You can have a heart for religion, yet your religion can have no heart. That's hypocrisy. That's acting. So Jesus said, have you heard the one about the Pharisee and the tax collector who both went to church? So he's going to talk about two guys praying two prayers with two different responses. Now this Pharisee, and, and, and when I've read this before, I said to myself, oh, I would never do that. I've said to myself, I'm a little bit better than that. I've said that. Notice the Pharisee acts. He acts. He's all about the stage. He's, he's all about wearing masks. He's not, he's not keeping it real. He's not being authentic. Look at verse 11. The Pharisee stood by himself. Think about our atrium. Our atrium here, our lobby is huge. All the people going back and forth, the different kiosks, the different advertisements, the different flat screen televisions telling you what's going on at Fellowship Church. Picture a guy walking in, stopping, and just praying. Dear Lord, I'm so glad I'm not a sinner like these other people. I'm so glad I'm not like that IRS agent over there. I'm so glad I'm not corrupt or messed up like her. Lord, I don't sin. I'm the man. I keep all of these laws and rituals and routines because that's what was going on. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, I'm not a sinner like everyone else. I mean, being a sinner is true for others, but not me. I want to say to our Pharisee friend, dude, why don't you just go ahead and call God a liar straight up? Because the Bible says, God says, all of us have sinned. All of us have sinned. Think about the Ten Commandments, the law. We all have broken the Ten Commandments. We all have. Jesus took the law and he took it to a whole nother level, a wholly nother level. Back in the day, if you had envy in your heart, for example, you know, well, you had envy. And one of the commandments says, thou shalt not steal. And you're saying to yourself, well, I don't steal. I don't break in houses. I don't, well, Jesus said, if you envy someone's stuff, you're like a burglar. Well, the Ten Commandments say, do not murder. I've not murdered anybody. Jesus says, when you have out of control anger in your life towards someone, it's like you've killed them. Well, I don't, I don't commit adultery. I've been pure. I, I, I'm, I've, I've stayed in the marriage. Well, Jesus said, if you look at someone with lust, you've slept in the wrong bed. So the law by itself leaves us helpless. It is the schoolmaster, the Bible says, that leads us to the cross. God did something. What did God do? Because it's obvious we're all sinners. We have a choice. Well, God chose to send Jesus to pay the price on the cross for all of our sins, a debt that we couldn't, couldn't take care of. God did it because of his grace and love. So God offers us an option. You can either pay for your sins in eternity in a place called hell. You can pay for your sins. Or you can arrange to receive the payment that I 
put in, in, in play for you, thereby asking Jesus to come into your life by receiving his payment, by admitting that you're a sinner, that you're a hypocrite, and, and that you don't have it together, and Jesus took care of your sins. Then you'll go to heaven. So the law is important, but the law in and of itself doesn't get us where we need to know. Because basically, and here's what the Pharisee didn't realize, good isn't good enough. Good isn't good enough. And the enemy, the biggest lie the enemy, the enemy throws out in our world today is, good people go to heaven, bad people don't. If you're good enough, then at the end of the day, at the end of the hunt, when you clock out, God will say, you know what, you tried, come on in. Well, good isn't good enough because we're all sinners. And this, and this Pharisee was telling God, oh, I'm not a sinner. I even fast a lot. I mean, God, you, you tell your people to fast once a year. I fast twice a week. Check him out. I don't cheat, I don't sin, I don't commit adultery. And I'm certainly not like that tax man over there, a tax collector, overcharging people, skimming money off the top, a tax collector. They couldn't be involved in any office in the community, a tax collector. They were the scum of the earth, a tax collector. What a hypocrite, a tax collector. Here this hypocrite was saying, well, I'm not a hypocrite like the tax collector, not me. I like this. If I don't cheat, if I don't sin, that's like the old song. I don't drink, I don't dance, don't cuss, don't chew, don't run around with girls who do. I don't drink, don't dance, don't cuss, don't chew, don't run around with girls who do. And if I don't do all these things, I guess God will say, wow, you, you did a good job keeping the law and stuff. No, 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 no. Good isn't good enough. Well, this guy says I fast twice a week. I give you a tenth of my income. This guy was a tither. Rah, rah, rah. Go team, go. And the Pharisees were so specific, if they had 10 jalapenos, they would tithe one. I love jalapenos. If they had pepper, salt, cayenne pepper, whatever it was, they would count out the grains. It was that nuts to tithe. Well, so here's another. Oh, here's another key phrase. I love here's another key phrase. Are you ready for this? Check it out. If we're pleasing him, we don't have to worry about them. I talked to a leader a couple of days ago who was going through a difficult time. He said, Ed, I have some people attacking me, some people unfairly coming after me, and I want to sit down with them and tell them all the truth. And I said, hey, I understand. That's great. However, at the end of the day, listen to me, at the end of the day, it's about him, not them. If we please him, he'll take care of them. Don't waste your time worrying about the other hypocrites, the other Pharisees, the other religious people. You take care of your relationship before God, because again, I'm just confessing my own sins here. I got enough junk in my own life to worry about what you're doing or what you're not doing, what you're believing and what, how you're not behaving. 
Now we see that and observe that, and it's great to understand that, but it's about God. So Jesus just kind of rips this, this Pharisee. He's calling him a hypocrite. Well, now he changes gears, and he talks about the tax man. Look at verses 13 through 14. But the tax man, I hate to bring up April 15th, but it's coming quickly, right? But the tax collector stood at a distance. Here you got the hypocrite. He's like, yo, I'm in the house. I'm going to pray and watch me. I'm so righteous and religious and I don't drink, don't dance, don't cuss, don't chew, don't run around with girls that do. I'm going to perform my way into heaven. I'm really not a sinner, although God says I am. I'm not. Well, this, this tax man, he didn't stand in the middle of the atrium. He's standing at a distance. Check out his feet. His eyes, they're not heavenward, or they're not looking around to the left, to the right, to the right, to the left at other people's response. No, no, no. His eyes are looking down. The tax man stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. So the Pharisee acts. This guy cracks, man. He's just cracking open his heart. He's being authentic. Instead, he beat his chest with his hands, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. His heart. So his feet, his eyes, his hands, his heart. It's a heart issue. Yes, God listens to our lips, but he hears our heart. What's, what's, what's going on here? What am I trying to say? Don't drench the hypocrite. I said, don't. Drench the hypocrite. Don't listen by proxy. Don't listen to this message for someone else. Don't say, oh, I wish my husband was here. Or don't say, I'm glad you're saying that. My wife really needs that. Or my friend needs that. Think about you before God. Oh, God, be merciful to me, for I'm a sinner. I tell you, and here's, here's the punchline. I think about Dad. I couldn't believe he said, good job. You drenched that guy. I hope he leaves the church. That's what Dad told me. And he did. I tell you, this sinner, Jesus says, and his audience is probably going, what? This sinner, Jesus, what? This sinner, say, what? Justified, leaves home justified before God. So the sinner walks out of fellowship church justified covered right with God and the hypocrite, because we have a few here in Dallas-Fort Worth, does not leave justified. He still thinks it about himself. I tell you this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Here's another key phrase. What impresses God is when we don't try to impress God. What impresses God is when we don't try to impress Him. It's about you, God, it's not about me. It's about you, God, it's not about the other people. It's about you. And I'm not gonna let hypocrites, I'm not gonna let someone's inconsistent lifestyle get in the way from me being the kind of man or the kind of woman or the kind of student that you desire me to be. Here's one more key phrase. I like that. There's one thing worse than being a hypocrite. It's 
not being willing to admit that you are one. Just say it once again on the count of three. One, two, three. I'm a big hypocrite. And let's say this together too. Here's the prayer. Oh God, be merciful to me for I am a sinner. That's Luke 18, verse 13. Let's say that together. One, two, three. Oh God, be merciful to me for I am a sinner. That should be our prayer today. That takes care of the hype of the hypocrite. You're not worrying about this person or that person or someone else over there. It's between you and God because our boy the Pharisee was using the wrong standard. He was comparing himself to others. And that, quite frankly, is one of the temptations of social media. A therapist told me recently, she said, one of the dangers of technology, what the heck knowledge is, every time we go on it, we're like, whoa, it's highlight real living. Whoa, I'll compare myself with this person to that person. Oh, they had a good life. Look where they go. Look what they drive. Look where they travel. It can, it can create envy and it can create hypocrisy very, very rapidly because so often who we put up ourselves to be on social media is not who we really are. We're hungry for authenticity. We have this, this, this hypocritical chip in our lives and we want the real deal. Let's learn from the tax man because the tax man had it right. Oh God, be merciful to me for I am a sinner. Don't drench the hypocrite. So the Pharisee and the tax collector. The Pharisee and the tax man. One lies, the other cries. One advertises, the other agonizes. One tricks himself, the other kicks himself. One compares himself, the other is aware of himself. One's playing a game, the other is full of shame. One is religious, the other is rebellious. One is holy, the other is humble. One is a saint, the other is a sinner. Somebody help me here. One is tenacious, the other is tentative. One's a show off, the other is wheels off. One's elevated, the other is hated. One's cool, the other is a fool. What are you going to be? A Pharisee, you see, or a publican, a tax collector? What are you going to be? How are you going to behave with all this chicanery and acting and all of this posturing like a hypocrite? Or are you going to be like the tax man who said, God, have mercy on me, for I am a sinner. Don't drench the hypocrite. Lord, I ask that no one would move or stir because some people here need to pray the prayer that the tax man prayed. 
And you can just say this, just say to yourself, God, be merciful. I'm a sinner. I believe, Jesus, you paid for my sins. And at this time, I receive that. Maybe you're here kind of at a distance. Maybe you're here and you feel downcast. Maybe you're here and you have this contrite and burdened heart. Just tell God what he already knows and ask him to ambush your life. So many of us have been comparing and contrasting our lives with so many people for so long we don't really understand the prison that we're in. We have a heart for religion, but our religion has no heart. God, let's pray together, give me a heart for you. We thank you for this time, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless. God bless.